The healthcare sector is increasingly in the bullseye for cyber attacks. But is the sector getting any better in terms of making serious moves to improve its security programs? I'm Marianne Kolbesek McGee of Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking to David Finn, Health IT Officer of Symantec. David will be discussing findings from the second annual IT security and risk management study conducted by Symantec and HIMSS Analytics. The study examined where healthcare organizations stand in terms of investments and efforts to strengthen their security strategies. David, for starters, please describe what sorts of organizations your study examined, how many, and what did you look at? And just for clarification, the study was conducted in 2016 and is being released now in terms of the findings, right? That's correct. It was conducted late last year, and starting in January, we began compiling the information. It was a pretty broad range of organizations, of provider organizations, although we did tend to be on the bigger side, more than 200 beds. And it was an interesting approach, the same approach we used last year. We used a quantitative approach with HIMSS Analytics using their logic database, and they contacted about 100 users. And then we did a qualitative study. We took an additional 10 people based on the criteria we were looking at and did very deep dives with them. So we have a lot of detail to kind of support the more general findings. And the other thing that's interesting this year is when we did this last year, we wound up being focused on IT and security type. But this year we intentionally reached out to CFOs, the COOs, even CEOs, which we tried to get involved and then clinical leaders, see chief medical officers, chief medical information officers. So we have a little uh, broader perspective this year coming in from last year's study. So, David, what were the biggest surprises to emerge from the study? What's the good news and what's the bad news? Well, I'm happy because we've gotten two of these now. So I can't tell you we're seeing trends, but we did see some movement, and we're asking the same question, so we're actually hopefully getting consistent responses. And so we did see some movement, and this is, I guess, the good news. We've actually seen the employees allocated to IT security is starting to rise. That certainly aligns with what we're seeing at our customers and and across the industry out in the field. So more people, very slowly and very small numbers, but we are starting to see more people insecurity. We're seeing more budget for IT, which is a good thing, and we're seeing more organizations adopt the cybersecurity framework. And that's important because this is really about managing your risk. And until you have some guideline or some basis to say our risk is increasing or our risk is decreasing in these areas, you can't do that very well. So seeing cybersecurity frameworks is a very positive thing, I think, for the the industry. Now, that said, we saw some kind of bad news and and mixed news. For instance, we saw that two-thirds of the participating organizations have a chief information security officer, which sounds really good until you realize that starting in 2005, if you were a covered entity, you were supposed to have a security representative. So we could say two-thirds of the industry is there, 
Or we could say it's taken us 12 years and we still have a third of the industry not really where they need to be. And again, like I say, while budgets and staffing has increased, it is at a very small rate. can't even say it's a trend because it's kind of two data points, but at least some movement there. And we still have some issues about confidence in our ability to uh, address security issues. And we also saw some other shifts that I think are kind of interesting. In terms of those other shifts that were interesting, can you tell us a little bit about those? Two of them kind of jumped out to me. And and the first one I think could be really critical. We'll be watching this uh, over the, the next year. But historically, healthcare has viewed cybersecurity and security as kind of a compliance issue. So it's been kind of a checkbox approach. And what happened in 2016 with all the ransomware is organizations began to realize that this was a business risk. It wasn't just IT that was being impacted. But when you got hit with ransomware or a cyber incident, shut your organization down, This was now a patient care and a quality of care issue. So what we actually noted in this year's study is more of the business users. I mentioned we had reached out to chiefs other than the information security or information officer, but the business people are beginning to view the main driver for doing security as a business risk issue, not a HIPAA compliance issue. And that could really be a major change for the industry if we're making that shift because now it becomes an organizational imperative. It's about the business, not just what those IT guys have to do. And the other thing that was very interesting to me is as we looked at the the barriers and what these communities, executives, clinicians, and, and IT and security people thought they needed, we saw a significant increase, and it was a variance, a significant variance in what clinicians wanted. And our clinicians are telling us, based on this study, that they want more end-user training. They want to understand what security is, how it works, how it benefits them, and what they need to do. Everyone agreed that budgets and staffing are an issue, but the clinicians said more end-user training. 57% of them said more end-user training would actually help. So, David, you mentioned that budgets seem to have gone up a little bit and that uh, there seems to be this shift in sort of perceiving cyber not only as an IT risk but as a business risk. How much did you see budgets go up? And you also mentioned that the adoption of a framework is more common now. What sort of platform or what sort of framework are organizations tending to favor? Let me start with the risk framework adoption, and the leader last year was the NIST cybersecurity framework. It's also the number one framework this year. Number two was high trust. The users of both those frameworks picked up. We also saw a pretty significant jump in people using ITIL which was further down the list last year and has moved up. And we're seeing more hybrid versions of risk. So they'll take some of NIST, they'll take some of ITIL, maybe they'll use pieces of Hydra to develop their own, but at least they're adopting a standard framework. But NIST, clearly number one, and HITRUST, the number two adopted framework in healthcare. The money, like I said, is beginning to move. It wasn't significant changes 
But we have seen an uptick in the number of organizations that are spending between 4 and 6% of their IT budget on security. So it, it has decreased the drop down in the in the organizations using zero to three percent, an uptick in the four to six, and even a bigger uptick in the seven to ten, where it went from ten percent of the organizations to twenty four percent of the organizations we surveyed. Now, but uh, being, being the cynic, I, I have to point out that still sixty five percent of the organizations we surveyed said. Six percent or less of their budget, of their IT budget, goes to security. So not where we want to be, but it is definitely moving up in that four to six percent bracket, the seven to ten percent, and even slightly in the higher, more than ten percent of their budget. So some good news there. We'll keep watching that one. The other thing in terms of budget we noted is that the operating dollars have increased more than the capital dollars. And we have certainly puzzled over that, but I think one of the things to explain that is more organizations are using managed services or outside organizations to help them plan strategy, to help them manage kind of routine security operations. And those are expenditures that typically fall in, they're paid monthly, they typically fall into an operating category. So we'll, we'll probably do a little deeper dive on that as our survey continues, but an interesting trend. It isn't just buying capital dollars and buying big fancy tools. People are starting to dig a little deeper and use different resources to manage security. So, David, in the big picture, overall, what do you see as the biggest gaps that organizations still have in their cybersecurity programs? And what gaps are most responsible, do you think, for making these organizations vulnerable to the kinds of attacks that we have been seeing? That's a great question, Marianne. And I think one of the things we see is we still have uh, very tight budgets in, in most of the regulated industries like finance and government. We're seeing 12 to 15 percent of that IT budget go to security. In healthcare, we're still at 6 percent or less. So while we're, we're starting to make some moves, we need to continue that trend. And despite, I mentioned that we've seen some some increases in staffing and we've seen these budget increases, but the budget and staffing really still remains the number one barrier. And this is being reported to us from business executives, clinicians, and the IT and security people. So we need to get our hands around that and be smarter about using that. And I think one of the issues, and that we pointed to it as well in this survey, is the business and the IT sides of healthcare may still be disconnected. We saw in this year's survey that the business people are now considering this more of a business risk issue than a simple compliance issue. That's a good thing. But in terms of reporting to the board, we still see uh, the business people may consider it a business risk issue, and yet it isn't being dealt with that in that way at the organization. So we're seeing fairly minor reporting to the board. We're seeing boards only hearing from the CIO, which may be appropriate, but they're not always getting the security perspective on that. The other thing that was interesting is we saw much higher confidence rating in the organization's ability to respond to a cybersecurity event 
from the business and clinical people than the IT and the security people. So that's a good thing that the, the business thinks the IT and security people are, are doing everything, but it does indicate this disconnect because the IT and security people feel they don't really have the resources or the organizational support to do what they need. So bottom line, David, although budgets are going up slightly, they're still tight. What's your advice, based on what you saw in the study, what's your advice to healthcare organizations for where they can get the biggest bang for buck in terms of improving their security posture this year? I think we can look to the survey and see some of the trends, but overall I would say if you haven't adopted a comprehensive risk-based cybersecurity framework, you need to do that whether it's NIST or one of the other ones. So, one, you have to have a cybersecurity framework. What we saw is organizations are still basically meeting the key mandates and basically security, basic security controls. You've got to get beyond the mandates and the HIPAA rules and doing basic security, which you should have been doing for years now. We've got to address the whole infrastructure. The the attackers are much more sophisticated. It's nation states, well-funded cyber criminals. So the basics aren't enough anymore. That would be number two. Number three, we have to continue this trend in hiring and spending money on security. It needs to make sense. It it should support an overall security strategy. It's going to require partnering with outside contractors and consultants to help you do that. And then we need to increase, and we heard this clearly from the clinicians, we really need to increase the focus on end-user training. And the end-users may not just be the billing clerks and the nurses and, and the people on a daily basis we think of in the organization, But with patient engagement and the opening up of these systems, we may need to extend end-user training to our patients and consumers as well. And finally, David, on a slightly different topic, last year you were a member of the Department of Health and Human Services Cybersecurity Task Force that was formed under the Cybersecurity Information Sharing Act. The task force was to examine challenges in the healthcare sector and how cyber challenges and programs compare with other industries. What's the latest with the task force? Is it still a group? And what should we be watching for? I think last time we spoke, you had mentioned that the group was expected to make a report on its findings sometime this year. That is correct. You have a very good memory. And indeed, the final report is being drafted. It has been a very enlightening year. We have compared healthcare to other industries. We've looked at what other industries are doing. We've looked at what is working in healthcare and what is getting in our way and kind of blocking things. So the report, uh, an initial report has been drafted. We're combing through the fine details and editing. And uh, under the CISA Act of 2016, that report is, is due to Congress by the end of March. So we are working fast and furiously to make that deadline. And then we will see what uh, Congress does with it. Thanks, David. I've been speaking to David Finn of Semantic. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.